0: John Clayton. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. Streaming live at 710sports.com. On demand everywhere. On the 710 Seattle Sports app. Now, John Clayton.
1: I think we all recognize that that was a huge victory for the Seahawks in the 37-27 victory over the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> huge in a lot of ways because things really worked out well for the Seahawks. The Green Bay Packers, for example, they lost. And, uh, you know, that... That is one of the challengers right now for the number one seed. Then, of course, the Rams get beat by the Miami Dolphins, so that helped. I mean, Arizona didn't advance because they had the bye week. And San Francisco right now is right on the brink. I mean they are in bad shape because even though they had won the two previous games and were sitting comfortably at 4 and 3, they're 4 and 4 and now the next two games could be disastrous. And what I mean by disastrous is that uh, they have a Thursday night game against the Green Bay Packers and you know I don't know if they're going to have Jimmy Garoppolo, don't know if they're going to have George Kittle, don't know who's going to be back for that game and you know that you know Tevin Coleman uh, ended up getting a knee injury. It was of course he was on IR for the knee injury. They were down to two running backs, including a undrafted rookie, uh, Jermichael Hasty, and then uh, that's that's kind of scary. And then after that, they have to play the New Orleans Saints. So it's very possible that they could be four and six. And at four and six, you're out of it. I mean, it's like you're, you're probably not going to make the playoffs. All you're going to be doing is maybe fighting for that last wild card. But you have to win the rest of the games to be able to do it. So we'll get into so many things today. We'll also take your phone calls uh, at ten thirty. Uh, trying to see what you think about yesterday's game. But let's get into the five biggest stories of the
2: day. Number one.
1: Third down and five. Garoppolo takes the snap. Blitz
3: is coming. Garoppolo gets hit. Spins out of trouble. And now he goes down. Second effort by Bobby Wagner. His second sack of the day. Also getting there was DJ Reed. The Seahawks have been bringing the house on Garoppolo, who just can't get out of trouble. And he goes down again to Bobby Wagner.
1: Okay, I know that Nick Mullen came in and for the injured Jimmy Garoppolo and had some touchdown drives and all those different things. But really, when you think about the big picture, I mean, this all worked out real well for Seattle because you did finally see some of the best defensive play they've had this year. I think the key number to recognize is when Garoppolo's in there, he only had 112 yards of total offense, 112 and that was into the second half, and so that was good. Bobby Wagner, I think, played perhaps his best game of his career uh, with the blitzes and all that stuff, and I know I can't wait to talk to Jim Moore about this because I know he has a feeling, well, is Bobby Wagner playing up to the $18 million a year? Well, guess what? He sure did yesterday, and so that was good. Russell Wilson continues to put up MVP-type numbers. He's got four touchdown passes, and as that gave him 26 for the season. That's one below Peyton Manning for the first seven games of a season. And he's on pace to maybe have 59 touchdown passes. I mean, if that doesn't get you MVP, I don't know what will. But he was great. DK Metcalf had a fantastic game. 12 catches, 161 yards. And pretty much he was going against Emmanuel Mosley most of the day and just torching him. Mosley had no ability to really handle the big body, the pass-catching ability of Metcalf. That was huge. So now, what's going on is Seattle is in sole possession of first place in the NFC. They're six and one, looking real good. And of course, now game coming up here against Buffalo. And What's going to be interesting is to see the reinforcements that are going to be there on defense. I mean, you know, Jamal Adams is expected to be back. You know, they they very well uh, could have. Well, they'll have Carlos Dunlap on the field. You know, certainly you hope that Damon Snacks Harrison is going to be there. And I thought that uh, one of the big things was the play of D J Reed. And, of course, that's a real sleeper story because he's a guy that Seattle liked. And once the five guys that went on injured reserve happened during training camp on a 90-man roster, they needed some roster space. And so they waived him injured because they knew he wasn't going to be able to play until uh, late October, November. And, you know, Seattle jumped on him and claimed him. And you can see why. He had more than 50 plays yesterday. He can cover. He can blitz. He can also return kicks. He can do a lot of different things. That's a great acquisition. And, of course, he's still under his rookie contract, so he'll be here for you know some time, not past this year. So big win. We're going to take your phone calls at 1030 to see what you think and what's going on with this football team.
2: Number two.
3: Another terrific kick by Hecker. Forced Grant all the way back to the 13. And now another big return by Jakeem Grant. Still going. Grant will take it all the way. 88 yards. For a Dolphins, touchdown on special teams.
1: I wonder if Sean McVay had any sleep last night because uh, what the Super Bowl disaster that uh, happened to him that really it took him such a long time to get out of a funk. I know he admitted it took him at least until May and I think it took him almost the whole season to get back into the Sean McVay type role because you know the New England Patriots just stuffed him. They had you know, six man lines and stuff like that. Well yesterday the Miami Dolphins and Brian Flores who ironically was the uh, defensive coordinator for that Patriot team that uh, beat him in the Super Bowl even came up with more things. I mean, I was uh, different times. You know, they would have six guys in the line. You know, maybe one linebacker. They would flop into different things where they take defensive backs and take away some of the underneath routes and all those different things. And it was so bad for Jared Goff. I mean, he had four turnovers, including a fumble that was returned for a touchdown. Tua Tagliola did not do well. I mean, he was 12 for 22 for 93 yards. But the defense did so well against the Rams it didn't seem to mean too much. Dolphins get the victory, 28 to 17, and that really you know, put a crimp into uh, the Rams' chances because now that's their third loss. And so now what you wonder is, how do you try to bounce back? I mean, they probably will because uh, they can have the ability to do it. But now what you also wonder is that we saw this back in December of a couple years ago, the Super Bowl year, that what people did is copy the six-man front of the uh, that, that they ran from the... Uh, Uh, Detroit game against them and you know Philadelphia did it Chicago did it and it really caused problems because it took away some of those running lanes on particularly the outside runs and so now Miami has won three in a row they face Arizona in week nine maybe they are for real
3: number three five seconds left second and ten Baltimore to Pittsburgh 23 empty set for Lamar Jackson here's the snap he's back steps up fires for the goal line and the pass is broken up at the goal line and that is terrific job by the Steelers' secondary to close in on Willie Sneed the fourth. The ball game is over.
1: Well, that's good. it's great to hear the voice of Bill Hillgrove, the uh, voice of the Steelers, as the Steelers get the 28-24 to victory over Baltimore, and that's huge. They are undefeated. I mean, I still think that Kansas City is still the number one seed, but if you're going to be doing rankings and stuff like that, you can't argue against undefeated, particularly with the big win over Baltimore. And, of course, you know Kansas City went into Baltimore and beat them. There was 265 yards rushing, you know, by the Ravens yesterday, but the Steelers were able to get four turnovers, including a pick six right at the beginning of the game. So at this stage, you know, Pittsburgh is on a roll right now to be the number one seed. But again, I still think Kansas city, you look at the closing schedule, both are pretty easy, but you know, the Steelers take about four teams down the stretch with winning records. Uh, Ronnie Stanley then the left tackle suffered a gruesome leg injury a fractured ankle that also had ligament damage and they had just given him a a big extension of almost 20 million dollars a year so that's a big blow because they had a couple injuries on the offensive line and of course Stanley's going to be out well until next year at some point but Baltimore has to try to bounce back and you know Lamar Jackson was a little bit off in his game.
2: Number four.
3: Four Four-man rush trying to set up screen. They've got some blocking. Cook taking advantage. First down and more. Delvin Cook breaking free into the open. Cook all the way. Touchdown, Minnesota.
1: Okay, so uh, the... Green Bay Packers lose to the Vikings 28-22. Dalvin Cook was just fantastic. And he he and Alvin Kamara right now have just been amazing. And really, when you think about the running overall, you, you throw in Derrick Henry and all that stuff. But Cook had 163 yards rushing and 63 through the year, four touchdown passes. I know Alvin Kamara, the Saints, I mean, he is on a record pace right now for pass catches. Aaron Donald, well, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, well, he had 291 yards and three touchdowns, but had a strip sack that ended up costing him. And so now you wonder, can the Packers make a trade for a wide receiver before the trade deadline? You know, but there was one trade so far last night in the Avery Williamson linebacker for the uh, Jets ended up being traded for uh, picks in next year's draft. And in 2022 draft, uh, he goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Number five. But because of COVID rules this year, if you trade for somebody, that player has to test for six straight days. So he'll
3: miss next week's game and be limited the week after that. Plus, next year's salary cap is going to be sharply declined. So that factors in. So you're not going to have these big name players that teams are trying to jump, dump off their salary. Of the biggest name out there, probably Stefan Gilmore from the Patriots. It's going to take a lot to get him. If you're looking for receivers, everybody's calling the Texans for Kenny Stills, Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, Michael Thomas. I know his name's been thrown about. He is not on the trade block at all.
1: That's Jake Glazer kind of previewing the final, uh, what are we now, 26 hours before the trade deadline, 27 hours before the trade deadline. And you know, there'll be a few, but not many, but still – uh, Seattle still will be shopping. I know John Ross, he's very vocal and he wants to be traded. That could be a possibility. You know, Dante, it's going to be interesting to see if Dante Pettis gets traded because I know he suffered a shoulder injury yesterday and, you know, they want to move him, but, uh, you know, they're kind of thin on wide receivers because I know they were down to three wide receivers because of injuries yesterday. Uh, you know, One name that uh, people were calling on is Ryan Kerrigan, and he's not going to be traded according to the Reds, Washington football team. So overall, the deadline is 1 p.m. tomorrow as we get ready for the trade deadline. Hey, listen to the show via the 710 Sports app. It's powered by the Dubin Law Group. Coming up next, we go under further review and talk about how Seattle's defense stepped up yesterday. It's the John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle.
3: Under further review with John Clayton. We'll review
1: the play. It was a very good game for the defense yesterday. Again, even though, uh, you know, some garbage yards in the fourth quarter by Nick Mullen, that didn't really change things too much, and the Seahawks had at that point a big 20-point lead, and so you know they weren't going to blow that. Uh, still, you know they were already going to talk about the the yards and all those things, and we're going to hear from you at 10:30 with your phone calls to see what you think. But I thought certainly uh, the blitzing worked out well. I mean, Bobby Wagner was incredible with his pressures and sacks and all those different things. Thought that, uh, you know, DJ Reed did some good things. And then some unexpected players doing it. I mean, Stevens, who was a tight end and making the conversion, coming in on his first play and, you know, putting pressure on the quarterback, that was huge. Uh, you know, just watching Alton Robinson filling in for Benson Mayoa, you know, that was huge. And again, the reinforcements are going to come for this game against Buffalo. But again, I thought it was a great improved game for the defense and of course the key stat that i look at is that it was 112 yards in total <coughs> offense before jimmy garoppolo ended the game with the ankle injury and couldn't play and finish the game so i know that Pete carroll was just on so what did he have to say about the defense
4: what was it about him that had him with playing at that different kind of energy level it seemed like he was angry out there
2: well <laughs> um it's interesting you should say it like that because that's exactly what Bobby was talking about in pregame. You know, he was challenging the guys. You know, you got to, you know, we got to get to that point. And he he went out there and just, as always, he does what he says he's going to do. And and uh, and he followed through and held himself accountable and, and played really well and took advantage of of a really good plan for him uh, to, to pressure. And he, he, you know, he you could see they couldn't block him. You know, he's a phenomenal blitzer and. Uh, so we're anxious to just keep it going, keep growing, and and uh, keep getting Bobby pissed off. I think that's a good thing.
4: <laughs> we'll do our part in that regard. Right. But- I was gonna say, can you apologize to him for me? But uh, no.
2: Okay. Maybe don't tell him that. That's all right. What What makes Bobby a good blitzer? Uh, he's such an extraordinary natural athlete. It's really his natural athleticism uh, to react because to, pass rushes is about responding to what they're throwing. It's like counterpunching, you know, and and. Uh, Bobby's got so much coordination and, and quickness, and he's got real long arms, and so he can use his arms in his pass rush to, to, to give him his shots. and, and uh, Very creative. He, he couldn't tell you what he's going to do before he does it. You know, he's got, he just lets himself react to it and, and just takes advantage of what they're giving him, which is what really good pass rushers do.
4: Without revealing too much about the game plan for this week and going forward, it did seem like you guys blitzed a lot more than we have seen in a couple of weeks. Uh, what, what was it out there that you guys had seen that led to that decision?
2: uh just just time to get you know get to a different level of of uh calling on the fellas you know that really it 's just playing to the nature of our of our crew and and they they want to play aggressive they want to be aggressive. We started off the season that way and then we kind of drifted away from it a little bit um because of personnel and and uh uh just decided to make the commitment to get let 's just make sure that we're Making it hard on the offense and and so you know that's basically what we always try to do. uh we just did a little more in a different fashion this week,
1: yeah, so it was a uh, different fashion, but and I uh, think the blitzes will even increase no, next or on. Sunday, when uh, you got Jamal Adams back, and according to Pete, after the game, it was more the illness than anything else that kept him out. Not necessarily the groin injury, and the expectation, even though this was not a COVID related illness, is that uh, you know they'll be able to fix that up and you know do get him out there uh, and play. And then of course uh, Carlos Dunlap will make his debut for the Seahawks. Uh, You figure that Damon Snacks Harrison really, I I was surprised he wasn't active this week, but. I ended up, uh, you know, not being still on the practice squad. You figure he's going to be out there. So you see the reinforcements. But I guess, you know, the key is, and that's why, like, during the off season, when people were worried about the cap and all those different things and saying, okay, well, maybe it's time to uh, move on from K.J. Wright. Well, K.J. Wright's having perhaps his best year. I mean, you saw his probably his best game last uh, week against and so and then you also saw how good bobby wagner was in probably having his best game and that's the leadership that you know say what you want and everybody's you know talking about firing ken norton jr and that i mean these guys have been raised on the field by ken norton jr it would take a lot away from them if anything does happen to him and so overall you like the idea that uh, you know it does work and that's leadership and i think bobby playing angry getting into the faces of all the players and trying to get them to have their best effort did work. And so, Curtis, I mean, as you notice, it's like the pressure was there on the quarterback. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo had all kind of problems, created the turnovers, and and you kind of wonder now, what about Jimmy Garoppolo? Because I don't think he's the same quarterback since that high ankle injury.
4: Definitely not. I I don't know if he's even worthy of being a starting quarterback in the league right now if if that injury is going to persist. Because he was just, he was dreadful yesterday. He was not good at all. 11 of 16, 84 yards. Sacked three times through the interception, uh, had a QBR. uh, ESPN's QBR had him at 14.5. I believe 50 is average. uh, Quarterback rating of 55.2. He was so bad. But I think a lot of that also had to do with how the Seahawks defense played him. You know, they got so much pressure on him. Wagner uh, with two sacks, Alton Robinson with two. uh, You know, they just got after the quarterback for, uh, you know, more times than we've seen it. Uh, What was it last week against the Cardinals? They didn't get a single quarterback hit and 50 dropbacks, well, they had eight on Sunday. That is a a marked improvement over what we saw from a week ago. And and this is a defense also, John, that's getting a handful of contributors back over the next couple of weeks. Uh, Pete Carroll said Jamal Adams is going to play against the Buffalo Bills. That's, you know, I, I think when healthy, Jamal Adams is probably the best defensive player the Seahawks have and that's even considering what Wagner did yesterday so you add him to what we saw against the 49ers it points to an upward direction for this defense John uh, especially going up you know here in the toughest part of their schedule uh, I think the Seahawks
1: could definitely use these reinforcements that are coming their way yeah no doubt <clears throat> no doubt and so that's going to be the key by the way you know the trade deadline <clears throat> is tomorrow and that's going to be at one o'clock and <clears throat> we just had another trade. The San Francisco 49ers <clears throat> traded Quam Alexander, the linebacker who's been fighting a high ankle injury, uh, and to the New Orleans Saints. <clears throat> In return, the Saints sent them Kiko Alonso, who's been on the PUP list coming off the of last year's ACL tear, and a conditional fifth round pick. And of course, you know part of that is the really clear cap room for next year because <clears throat> had they not made that trade, you know the 49ers have so many key free agents that didn't include Kiko, that Kiko has been a disappointment since coming over from Tampa Bay, a high-paid linebacker. And, you know, they were probably going to cut him and they're probably going to cut D Ford. So uh, Alonzo, I believe, is on the one-year contract. So that clears up some of the cap next year for the 49ers. But overall, I think what you're looking at is that, uh, you know, this is a, uh, a deal that, uh, you know, we'll see where it works. Kiko was a pretty good player, but, you know, again, he hasn't been able to play and get on the field. And they're okay at linebacker with some of the draft uh, choices that the saints made so that deal is in the books we'll see that's what the 68th trade or 69th trade so far this year which is again lower than the 102 from last year hey tell your smart speaker to play 710 ESPN Seattle remember you can always listen to 710 on your smart speaker or app coming up next your phone calls reacting to the game it's 866-979-3776-206-421-3776 it's the John Clayton show 710 ESPN Seattle
0: It's John Clayton. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio.
1: Two hours, every day,
0: 10 to noon. Streaming live at 710sports.com. On demand on the 710 Seattle Sports app.
3: As they walk the strong safety up to the line of scrimmage, and he does come. Russ looks, throws back inside, Paul is caught. It's Metcalf, who makes one man, now two men miss. 30, 25, 20, turns up field. They don't touch him. Touchdown Seahawks! How in the world did he tiptoe up the sidelines? Two defenders breaking on him, and nobody touched him. And D.K. Metcalf starts far on the left, comes all the way across the field, and scores from 46 out. The Seahawks are on the board first, 6-0.
1: And, of course, the Seahawks get the win 37-27. We are taking your phone calls, 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Marty in Bremerton. Hey, Marty. Hi, John. How you doing? Great win this week. Awesome. He really was. You know, I saw a lot of improvement from the defense,
0: and um, I was wondering if aren't we supposed to get some reinforcements back this week?
1: Yeah, you can. Uh, Jamal Adams expected to be back. Carlos Dunlap will now be able to uh, be, be on the roster. I mean, they're that much closer to getting Damon Snacks, Harrison there. Uh, you, know, you can see that. I think Benson Mayoa should be back. Uh, he missed last week and uh, missed this game. We'll see about uh, Shaquille Griffin, but you would anticipate that he should be available. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of reinforcements. And then we'll see about the running backs. Not so sure about the, uh, what's going to happen you know, with uh, Chris Carson, but you'd have to think that Carlos Hyde should be back and uh, you know, Travis Homer is going to be one you know, a little bit better because he was limited in his action yesterday. But you know, to be able to get the win you know, basically with one rookie running back and also uh, what was going on in the secondary, down two guys in the secondary, I mean, that was huge.
0: Yeah, I was hoping
5: we could get Chris Carson back this week. Didn't he suit up at least um, no, yesterday?
1: He did not. No, he was he was inactive, and you know, again, there's still some reservations. But you know, I think he's close. It was taking it up to game time, but I think that he could be back. And I think you can see where he was so needed. Is that DJ? I mean, uh, you know, DJ Dallas did such a great job, but also he's not that physical back that can pound it and get those you know those extra yards like that. He he did a great job overall, but no, I think the, there's a chance. So that's gonna going to be huge and see how they match up against the team in buffalo and really when you think about the non-division schedule this remaining one was one of the toughest they have and again i don't know where you want to put the game in philadelphia against the uh, three four and one eagles but other than that i mean if you can win the buffalo game you're going to at least if you you you, you can maybe be 10 and 0 in non-division games
0: Good point. I was hoping to give him a heavy dose of Chris Carson next week, but it sounds like he's not going to be ready. No,
1: nah, don't 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 count him out. I mean, he almost made it this week, and so he can see if he can make it uh, coming up next uh, in this game coming up Sunday. Okay, thanks, John. Hey, thank you. 979 ESPN 421 ESPN. Let's go to Mike in Vancouver. Hey, Mike.
5: Yeah. Um, again, great job by the offense. Continue to be great every single week. I uh, really was impressed by DJ Dallas. I uh, had a nice solid game. Nothing spectacular, but he did his job. We're mm-hmm. fourth string running back. He was great. Uh, don't be, I don't want to be too nitpicky. <laughs> um our defense made great improvements. And actually for the first three quarters uh, of the entire season, we've been holding teams of, for an average of 15 points. Uh, I just like to see us Tighten things up a little bit in the fourth quarter. We ended up averaging 12 points in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. alone. So 15 points in the first three quarters and then 12 points for one quarter. Uh, so I don't know if it's a change of loss, see maybe not going to prevent so so quickly. But, uh, I mean, unfortunately, you know, San Francisco, we, we got the win. That's all that matters. But, obviously, it would be nice to see us tighten that area up. And there was one point in the game yesterday where San Francisco, uh, they scored a touchdown. Had they heard that two point conversion, they only been down by eight points. Probably wouldn't have gone for the onside kick. They had three timeouts left. We still would have had to drive the, you know, the length of the field and again looking at another close game where we should have really just blown the door. So I'd just like to see us tighten things up defensively in the fourth quarter. Uh, that's,
1: that's my main... Yeah, the, the, the two things, uh, you're right, right tightening but, things up in the fourth quarter. But again, if you have the lead, it seems like uh, it's a bend-but-don't-break philosophy. Uh, just you know, go ahead and try to do the best they can there. And then the next thing is to go ahead and, uh, you know, I thought that uh, they still have issues on third down. I mean, third down still remains a problem, and they got to tighten it up. But again, you take it one step at a time. I mean, I think, you know... I'll ask you this, Mike. I mean, did you have the fear that this could have been a loss uh, as you went into this game? Not as the game progressed, but again, it's like uh, everybody has this anxiety, which I guess is because of the defense. It's like, uh uh-oh, here we go. Here's here's Kyle Shanahan's running attack. They won't be able to run the ball. They won't be able to stop the run. Well, they did. And, of course, they were able to contain uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and so all that. But what was your thoughts coming in? How worried were you about this game?
5: Well, definitely, it's it's a critical game. Yeah. Um. And the way San Francisco was playing the last couple of games, they showed some huge improvement. I mean, beating the Rams like they did uh, a couple of weeks ago. So yeah, it was. It got me a little nervous, and I was really, I was really impressed with the defense did for the first three quarters. Mm-hmm. Um, extremely impressed, and I'm glad that we were got a little more aggressive, got some more pass rush. Uh, you know, we took Bobby Wagner, put him in a blitzing situations, which he did excel at. Um, and I, thought, I was really impressed that. How, I mean, we were really missing a lot of pieces on the defense this week. So that was, you know, how we've been playing and the, the pieces that we're missing. Um, and the fact that these young guys like Alden Smith and, uh, Reed coming up his first game, uh, had an interception. Uh, that was actually what was really impressive yesterday was the new guys that hadn't played very much, uh, the contributions they made and the fact that we were put together such a good performance thinking for the first three quarters. Uh, with so many guys missing, that was really impressive. So, yeah, we can just make. I just want to see more resi- a little more resistance. Uh, they just got down the field way too easily. Um, you know, just we weren't tackling as well. They were getting big, big chunks of yards. Um, if we could just tighten that area up, where you know we're tackling a little bit better, we're we're making them melt the clock a little bit more than what they were because they were just mm-hmm. they're scoring very quickly in the fourth quarter and they uh, just getting too many big chunk plays. Yeah, Um, I like to see us. You know, I don't mind the prevent. Just you know, make sure we're getting those tackles. Have them drive the. You know, make them work a lot harder um, than the way they had to work yesterday.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. I
5: guess my only nitpick, but again, we're we're getting the turnovers, uh, special team. Our special teams. That's something. You know, our special teams have been really excellent this year. Oh, excellent, exceptional. Um, You know, we only missed one kick. Um, You know, we got the turnover yesterday, which Mm -hmm. was really the kind of Mm -hmm. the big turning point in that game, which really put us. Put us up. So you know a lot. We were playing in our offensive line. Um yep.
1: much improved. Hey, Mike, Mike, thank you for the phone yep. call. Yeah, thank you. eight six six nine seven nine ESPN, two oh six four two one ESPN. Curtis, what do we have? eight six six nine seven nine ESPN. 206421 <clears> ESPN. Taking your phone calls, reacting to the thirty-seven to twenty-seven victory over the San Francisco 49ers. Uh <clears throat> by the way, there was another trade in the NFL. Desmond King, a defensive back for the Chargers, traded to Tennessee for a sixth-round pick. That's the third trade so far in the last uh, 12 to f- 24 hours. You know, Avery Williamson going to from the New York Jets to Pittsburgh. <clears throat> Quam Alexander going from San Francisco to New Orleans. In exchange, the uh, <clears throat> Saints ended up sending Alonso, uh, Kiko Alonzo and also uh, a, fifth, a conditional fifth-round pick, and we'll have to see if both guys can pass the physical, if that trade can at least be executed. eight six six nine seven nine espn two zero six four two one espn Curtis, what do we have?
4: Yeah, John, let's go to Bob in Mount Vernon. Hey, Bob. Morning, Professor. Hey,
0: I had a question in yeah. reference to uh, yeah. Alex Collins. Yeah, Is he going to be – I know he's going through the COVID uh, part for this week, so mm-hmm. he's eligible to play Sunday. Now – With Chris Carson, probably going to be a game time again, even though he's getting a little bit healthier. Uh, I'm not sure. what I couldn't hear what you said about Carlos Hyde. You'd have to think he's going to be back. Phenomenal, yes. Yeah, because we need somebody who's going to be not a scat back, even though uh, Dallas did a great job yesterday. He really did. Um, He didn't make too many uh, missteps or anything, but I think if they could get. If they had a chance to get Collins in uniform without hurting the defensive people that would be signing or getting on the, getting the uniforms this weekend, yeah. um, is that going to help the backfield and the offense?
1: Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> just it. just gives an option. But here's the interesting thing about that. Now, again, the idea is that Collins will be going into the practice squad and <clears throat> be available. Right. But you know, <clears throat> the team will have four backs, and once what, what do they do when uh, Rashad Penny? Uh, Comes eligible again. He's eligible right now. They didn't do anything with him this week, but you know now you see DJ Dallas You can't cut him. I mean, you know certainly yeah. Travis Homer can't cut him. You're not going to cut uh, Carlos well, Hyde. What do you do?
0: Yeah, well, you you jumble them and work with them, and the big yeah. guys go when they can go and put the other guys in when they can. Yeah, there you go. If somebody, it's just it, it's Pete's policy. Next man up, mm-hmm. and. I just think since they cut him and he went to Baltimore, even though he had the fumble problems, went to Baltimore and we saw what he did when he went there. Yeah. Now he got downgraded when they got Ingram, but still he was, he has, he's got some legs underneath them. I'm not saying he's a power back cause we know he's not, but he does, he's a, he's a good leg up on most teams. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We just happen to have, we just happen to have. Four, well, one excellent, two, actually three good. Okay, so, yeah, we are stocked there. But yeah. th- would they all have their little nicks and knacks. That's why I want to see if there's a chance without hurting our defense, because I want snacks coming up hopefully this yeah. weekend. want Adams back uh in uh, the other defensive end that you mentioned. The
1: uh, Mezzanioa, well, yeah.
0: Was coming Right, right, coming back. And then Carlos um, Dunlap, of course, like available.
1: Said, yeah, hey, yeah, Bob, thank, yeah, you oh, thank you for the phone call. Thank you for the do we have time for one more? Uh, John,
4: I think we should take some of these callers uh, and get to them around the break here. Okay. Because uh, we've got a couple lines, too. So if you want to hop on, uh, you know the number, 206-421-3776.
1: 866-979-ESPN. Be sure to check out the professor's notes on 710sports.com. ESPN on seven ten The professor's notes are brought to you by Infinity of Tacoma at 5. Coming up next, we're going to get your phone calls, 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle.
0: John Clayton. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. On demand with a 710 Seattle Sports app.
3: Russ under center. Play fake. Looks, looks. Now he dumps it off in the flat part side. And DJ Dallas gets his first. Touchdown! Seahawks! Russell extends the play, rolling out to his right side. And two defenders just left. D.J. Dallas to head to the end zone, and he knew what to do. Catch the pass, score the touchdown, Seattle leads 19-7.
1: Phone lines loaded up here at 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Preston Emburian. Hey, Preston.
5: Hey, Mr. Clayton, I appreciate you taking my call. Uh, My takeaway from yesterday is we play good. We're not there yet. Uh, We still got to get Jamal Adams back, uh, bring snacks off the practice squad, and Welcome to the new edition of Carlos Dunlap, Mr. Clayton. I appreciate your opinion always. Who do you think we might be able to add
3: before the deadline?
1: I don't know. I mean, I think the the guy that... I think is interested, uh, maybe uh, Seahawks and certainly is interested, uh, every, a lot of teams around the league is Alden Smith because of his low base salary. You know, he signed a one year, $1.25 million contract, but Jerry Jones was on radio today and reemphasized. They're not going to trade him. You know, he started now seven games. He's been able to get some pressure on the quarterback. And so now it's a matter. Of, okay. Is there another pass rusher that could appease? Now, again, they're not going to get Ryan Kerrigan too much of a cap hit because, you know, they're tight against the cap and they still can't, uh, really do anything to fit him in but overall i think that uh you know they'll be looking and of course you know i think you can see one of the big additions yesterday was in the second because people were crying for oh get another cornerback get another cornerback well they got dj reed and they sensed that he was going to be good
3: i like you
0: great takeaway, mr clayton go hawks rush for MVP.
1: there you go sounds good Eight six six nine seven nine espn Two zero six four two one espn let's go to harrison in seattle hey harrison hey
0: professor hey uh question for you yeah. um how did they uh, keep Kittle from going off? I expected a huge game out of them, and they pretty much shut him down.
1: Yeah, I think probably what they what they did is, I mean, certainly they're playing a lot more zone and uh, what they what they were able to do is probably slide somebody over to double team him. And of course, once he got his ankle injury, that ended his day. But I thought they did a good job. And, you know, sometimes you look at that zone and you're thinking, OK, you're keeping the play ahead of him. But, you know, they were able to do a good job. And I think also what helped is and and this is the key for the last two years any time that you can put pressure on the quarterback, it helps, and you can see that Jimmy Garoppolo, when he had when he was pressured, he made mistakes or he couldn't get the ball to the tight end. So I think they did a real good job there. Right on, thanks, Prof. Thank you. eight six six nine seven nine ESPN two zero six four two one ESPN. Let's go to Susan in Seattle. Hey, Susan. Professor,
0: Professor, I'm so glad to talk to you.
1: Good talking to you. I
0: thought yesterday's game was the best one of the season, and the defense was amazing. Can you? Educate us all a little bit about Bobby Wagner's leadership, how it works, when he talks to his teammates, just how does the defense, you know, become uh, so tight like that?
1: Well, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, you remember back in the day of the Legion of the Boom, I mean, really, the leaders were the, the guys in the secondary. And, you know, Richard Sherman and, you know, certainly Cam Chancellor and all that stuff. Well, Once that broke up, then, you know, you had two guys that could take over the leadership role. So it goes to the linebackers. And that's, uh, you know, certainly uh, Bobby Wagner and K.J. KJ. Wright. Now, K.J. is the kind of the quiet guy. I mean, well-spoken and all that stuff. But Bobby, I mean, he can get fired up and get in people's faces and try to get things going. And you need that. And that's why... I thought that, you know, that's why this team is in good shape because, you know, they have guys that are leaders like that, that also, aside from on the field, they can take things off the field and make sure that, you know, the players don't go out, make mistakes, get positive tests on COVID because you notice, right. you know, this team, cool. and, you know, because then they have that with, you know, Dwayne Brown, you know, they have that with Russell Wilson on offense, you know, they have mm-hmm. that with KJ, I mean, with the... Tyler Lockett, you know, they'll have that in the secondary with Quandre mm. Diggs and Shaquille Griffin. Mm. And so they've done a great job with that, too.
0: That's a great answer. I wanted to know if it yeah. helped folks off the field as well. And where do the kickers come in? Who takes care of them?
1: Uh, I, I guess it's a special teams coach more than anything else because okay. you know, it's such an individual thing. But I know yeah. when we're talking to KJ, I was kind of surprised that it sounds like uh, most of the you know, the kickers and the uh, long snapper, are now they're now the player reps. Kind of interesting, mm. right? Well, thanks so much, Professor. Okay, Susan, thank work. you. Eight six six nine seven nine ESPN. Two zero six four two one ESPN. Let's go to Suki in Renton. Hey, Suki.
0: Hi, Professor. How's it going? Nice talking to you again.
1: Thank you. Good talking to you.
0: Um, yeah, I think this was, uh, I believe, probably the most complete game so far this season. Um, special teams was uh, flying off kickoffs. The defense was, you know, getting to the quarterback, and you know, and the offense didn't look like it missed a beat.
1: Nope, they they were they were right on, and you know <clears throat> I know the special teams uh, doesn't get enough recognition I think <clears throat> because you know this team's got two great kickers. I know that the the missed field goal, a missed extra point, didn't help, but again, it didn't matter because they scored 37 points. But also, what you like <clears throat> is that uh, you know Michael Dixon and Johnny Hecker are having an incredible battle to see who's going to be you know going as the uh, going to the Pro Bowl uh, as the punter you know, both have been so good at putting the ball inside the 10 inside the five yard line they've been so good at that obviously Dixon does such a great job on kickoffs but you know special teams probably doesn't get as enough recognition and I still contend the offensive line look at the time <clears throat> that Russell Wilson has had to pass the football sure I know he gets sacked three times a game but a lot of that's just the running around but I mean the line has done such a remarkable job oh, I
0: totally agree with you. you can I ask you one more question of course if uh, let's say in a few weeks, let's say uh, Gordon actually gets reinstated, mm-hmm. what do you think would happen
2: with uh, like wide receiver group?
1: Hmm. Interesting, because, uh, you know, it probably would put the pressure on Freddie Swain or they might keep uh, an extra receiver. But then, you know, what's going to open up? I'm, I'm going to be curious to see <clears throat> once Rashad Penny comes back, what they do at the running back position, because, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll eventually have you know, four healthy running backs. And I think you can see there's something there with D.J. Dallas and something there with Travis Homer. That's going to create an interesting decision. Thank you, Professor. Thank you. 979 ESPN. 421 ESPN. Let's go to Jim in Tacoma. Hey, Jim.
0: Hi, John. Thanks for taking my call. I uh, love the win yesterday. It's awesome. Anytime we beat the Niners, mm-hmm. I'm sure everyone feels the same. I, I have a few questions for you. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I'm just curious what the chances might be um, that we might bring back Michael Bennett.
1: I, I think that's out of then- out of the question. I just don't see it right now. I think right. that, yeah, you because know, I think yeah, he's thinking he's more retirement do. than anything else. I mean, I guess you never rule out anything. You know, for example, you know, I, I what I thought is that, uh, you know, when they had the injuries at running back last week, then maybe they would call Marshawn Lynch and get him on the practice squad, and you know, he would be short yardage and stuff like that. But uh, you know, I guess you can't rule it out. But I tend to doubt if that's going to happen. And certainly, it's not. Nothing's going to happen, you know, with uh, Earl Thomas.
0: I guess there's not a lot of grandfathers in the NFL these days. But no. my last question, sir, I'll take it off the air, would be, um, when was the last time a team might have two receivers that make the Pro Bowl? Because it seems pretty likely that Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf yeah. might do that. And yeah. Again, I appreciate it.
1: Okay, just going off my memory, I think last year you got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin going to the, going to the Pro Bowl. <clears throat> but – you know, the tough part is, you know that uh, DeAndre Hopkins is going to get one of the spots. And, of course, you know, I guess with Michael Thomas being injured, that knocks him off. But, no, I think there's a chance because, again, you know last week, 15 catches for uh, Tyler Lockett, 200 yards. Big day for DK Metcalf. They certainly both deserve to, to be in the Pro Bowl. Uh, Curtis, do we have time for one more?
4: We do. Let's go to Gerald in Seattle. Hey, Gerald. Hey, thanks, John, for taking my call.
0: The question yeah. We have five tight ends on our list, yeah. I know, and I know that John Snyder is not done making a move. No, what do you think he's going to pull between now and the deadline in order to be able to move one of those guys and bring yeah. in another um, person that can contribute on our playoff? Run
1: yeah, I'm just stage. wondering, and again, it's like I hope this doesn't happen because I really like him. Is that uh, you know, Jacob Hollister would be one of the guys because remember, you know, what you're looking at. Is that you know if you're bringing in Damon Snacks Harrison next week and you know you got Carlos Dunlap you got to start making room for these guys and so you're right five tight ends isn't going to work uh, and so now it's a matter of okay uh, what moves can be made that's why I wonder with Hollister because they still have to clear out a little bit of cap room uh, what can what can happen but you know that's that's going to be a, a tough decision for for certainly John Snyder but again you figure he's been working on it so he has an idea what to do but yeah five tight ends is a lot. Thank you, and of course, thank you for the phone calls. Uh, Coming up next, we're going to talk to Bob Condoto of the Seattle Times. It's the John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle.